hot list, you get to send targeted messages to those people about that topic with increasing intensity going into the event. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 91. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. It's an all too familiar scene where you're launching a new product, doing a new promo, some description, and you are staring blankly at that new broadcast email thinking, how on earth do I send yet another promotion for this same thing? How do I do it? Tricky question. Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. Uh, This is what we're going to be talking about today with Donnie Bryant. We're going to be talking, I suppose, how emails fit together to make a campaign that can do something rather than, like, even if you're great at just writing emails. Mm. Building a campaign on top of those is like a whole new skill. Can be a pain. Oh, oh, there you go. It's actually something we're going to be talking about a lot in our new podcast as well. The Email Marketing Show, available on all good podcast players and YouTube as well. You want to go and hunt us down on there. It's only available for people with exquisitely good taste. Exactly. Very very clever. I see what you did there. What what did I do there? You sort of like enticed them with a bit of an ego I did. I did a little bit of an ego stroke. I was a bit of copywriting, but verbal copywriting, Mm -hmm. which we'll be talking about. Where else? On the Email Email Marketing Marketing Show. Show. However, before you go and check that out, make sure that you listen to today's episode with Donnie. Really interesting stuff. He's talking about a really super launch campaign that they did uh, using lots of emails and talking about what the emails were and how that worked. And and how they build up and stuff like that. But Mm. before we allow you to go and tuck into that, we're going to go into Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, a falling tree resembles the broken spirit of a weary gnome. Never thought of it that way, you know. When you put it into perspective, it all, suddenly all makes sense. Doesn't just it? suddenly makes sense. The world is aligning. Mm. Anyway, let's get, head into what Donny had to say. Donny Bryant, pull up a chair. Welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you? Outstanding, my friend. How are you? I'm great, buddy. It's really good to hear from you. Very excited to have you here. We want to chat because, listen, we heard that you've had this amazing result on a client campaign where you were. Well, I want, I want you to tell us about it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share some details. Uh, I haven't talked about too many of the details publicly, uh, so this is going to be an interesting time. Very cool. So first of all, let's give us the big kind of overview cliff notes. What happened and what did it achieve? Okay, so uh, the client is in the financial publishing space. So for those of you who know the Agora companies, it's in the same kind of niche, uh, but it's a much smaller and younger company. Okay. And uh, traditionally, they've been around for a few years, uh, but they had a, a little bit of a problem before working with me in that they, they were primarily like 80% of their sales were coming from the same people over and over again. And they had a hard time creating new buyers. It just had to, and whenever they wanted to make more money, they were just doing renewals or, you know, creating new stuff for the people who have been around for a while, which I mean, is a good, it's a good thing to have loyal customers, right? Yeah. And so they were doing a good job. I mean, they're already off to a really good business. Does that mean they hit a ceiling and they, they just couldn't get through it? Yeah. It's, you know, as, as a content creator, you know, there's only so much content that you can create within any span of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they were kind of, kind of hit a plateau in terms of revenue for the effort that they were doing. Uh, And they needed to break out. Uh, I don't know if that's the reason that they hired me, but they knew that they needed to do something. And, and we started working together at the end of 2017. And up until that point, in 20, uh, 2017, uh, they had made 
about $700,000 in revenue in in that year. Um, So the cliff note version is we implemented one campaign, which is a a front end campaign generated to bring in those new buyers who, you know, re-energize the business. And in, in 2018, uh, the company made just shy of $2 million uh, with almost everything else being the same. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what was the main thing that you sort of, you sort of switched around? Just give us a little view of that before we really dive deep into that. Yeah. Uh, there, and structurally, it's not different. And most pu- financial publishers kind of work with the same ideas. They have uh, those really long video sales letters that we all claim that we hate, <laughs> but we buy <laughs> oh, yeah. from. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had some of those, but they were kind of, like I said, they, they just appealed to kind of the same people who were always around and, and weren't, weren't able to appeal to a broader audience or at least a bigger audience. And we just created a really great big idea uh, that that was simple enough to understand, but different enough from anything else out there that we were able to take that idea and put it in front of different audiences. You know, we partnered with other companies, other financial publishers, mm-hmm. and were able to get buyers from their lists to buy our product. And then also, because it was so successful at converting, we were able to create ads and, and successfully, profitably bring in traffic from those ads, which is something that the company was unable to do before with their current uh, sales letters and, and ad copy. Okay. Okay. So, so it all began with this big idea. Right. Um, we just wanted to, let's dive into that a little bit and talk about kind of, I guess, how you uh, started to formulate that big idea in terms of, because now what you've got to do is you've got to go into this client, you've got to look at their stuff and say, okay, great. Let's find out what this big hook is. We actually uh, spoke to uh, Todd Brown about how you yeah. get part of that as part of his interview all the way back in episode 40. He's the man. I'd love to dive in and kind of get your approach on how you start to create that big idea. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, it's, I'm, I can't be Todd Brown, right? <laughs> uh, I, oh, we, I have, we want your approach. That's we want fine. your approach. Todd's, you know, Todd's over there growing a beard and stuff. Uh, yeah. His, his beard is pretty it's awesome. Epic. Yeah. Mine is, is, is a baby version of it. <laughs> uh, for, for this particular uh, client, it was, we, we, it was just one of those situations where they, they said, come in here and, and you need to blow something up. We have a front end product. Uh, and the front end product, of course, is just designed to bring in new people, but it really was not working to bring in new people. I guess they were con- consistently selling more stuff to the same people. So they said, do whatever we need to do. Uh, but here the product is, uh, it, it recommends stocks. That's basically all that it is. Uh, they, the, the client, the guru, you know, the guy who runs the company has a background in technical analysis and he's a deep data guy. Mm. So it was just, you know, doing research. And so for me, I was fortunate to have time to do this. It was doing a lot of research, looking for not, not just look, researching stuff that he was doing, but searching around about technical analysis, the, you know, the methodology that he used and kind of trying to find a metaphor that made sense. So actually, some of your, your readers may have, may have seen this campaign because we sent it out to like millions of people. Uh, but the big, the big idea, well, I came across this big idea 
doing research into how, well, let me say like this in simple terms. Uh, the, the main concept of the promotion was that, you know, everything that you think you know about buying stocks is, is kind of wrong, which sounds okay. like what everybody says, but we can, we can prove it because we've got the, we found some, some data. But the one data point that we found was particularly interesting was JP Morgan, you know, the monster bank, mm -hmm. they trade money themselves. You know, they have a, a bank arm. They also have an investing arm. And in, I'm trying to remember the years now, but there were three years in which the uh, JP Morgan's investing arm didn't lose money on a single day. They never lost money in three years. And it was like six days over the course of five years or something like this. Mm. They lost no money. And I, I found it, found that uh, in their investing or their investor reports yeah, that, that they had yeah. put out every year. Mm -hmm. So we took some screenshots and said, these guys never lose money. How, how is it possible that, mm -hmm. you know, you think you're going to be right half the time, wrong half the time, but these guys know something, do they know something that you don't know or, or, or is it something else going on? Uh, so we unpacked that idea and as a, as just because it's a really uh, like solid proof, 99.52% of days they're making money and what's going on with that. Uh, the truth of the money is they have so much money <laughs> that they're putting into the trades. They can make stocks go wherever they want. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we just, because we had an hour to do it in, in the long, long video, spend time painting a picture of how, they're able to do that. And now the next idea, which, which is kind of the key, is you, even if you don't have a billion or a trillion dollars to use, you don't have to because this guru can show you the trade that JP Morgan and other big banks like them, big investing uh, in institutions, what they're buying in almost real time. He's got data to do this. So you can just copy what they're doing and if they're never wrong, you can quote unquote copy and paste what they're doing and have similar success. I think what's really interesting here is our big takeaway from what we're just talking about at this point is a really great way of illustrating the value of what you do. If you're a smaller micro player in the market, maybe you're in a really competitive, over commoditized, really highly competitive marketplace is to actually borrow that credibility from elsewhere and say, you know Absolutely. what it is, what I'm going to do because I'm an expert is I'm going to go and show you how this absolute monster in the marketplace is doing this stuff, then I'm going to show you how you can do it, whichever phase you are in your business right now. And because of that, and you're the one teaching that, you're the one exposing that and delving into it and giving them the whys and what that means and all that sort of stuff, that now is associated with you. So the next bit of that puzzle though comes to once, how did you, like for me, I would like to know how you came up with that idea in the first place. Did you just like do a shit ton of research or like, where did the idea come from? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I, I say it often that research, at least in marketing, research is what separates the professionals from the amateurs. Yeah. Because a lot of times you, any of us, we can have an idea, feel like it's a really good idea, put it out there. It might work spectacularly or, or it could fail, you know, abysmally. Mm -hmm. And then we, we kind of just feel, you know, we feel like we're geniuses based on luck or we feel like we're idiots based on, you know, just the result of one thing. When the truth of the matter is, if you do some research into, you know, what your market 
wants, what your market already believes, what your bar- market hates, you know, the audience that, that you but have. But also it looks like in this case, you took a look at what your competitors were doing really, really well because you knew that was a desirable thing of your market and said, let's talk about the competitor almost. Yeah, that's how oh, that's certainly, if you know that somebody else is doing very well, success leaves clues, as they say. So you can, you can kind of piggyback on, on what they're doing and, and, and just tweak it for, to make it work for you, make it personally your agenda. customized for yourself. That's right. And exactly. your audience. And, the, and then there you go. So now so, we're yeah. up, once we've got this idea, so you have this idea, we're going to take a look at the JP Morgan thing. And we're going to look at, we're going to investigate what are the characteristics, what are the clues that I've left behind, behind their ability to pretty much never lose money, which is you know incredible in that space. And we know it's an incredible thing for our market because like, it's almost like, what somebody there's somebody who doesn't ever lose any okay that's great that's interesting but now we're at the face of how the hell we communicate that and that's that's where your skill really comes in because you know there you are deciding a few years ago to start working from home be a great you know copywriter how do you now start communicating that i mean because it's so easy to like just blow the whole thing in one go like what's your technique for dripping out that communication in a way that is, is slow enough to sink in and resonate, but we straddle that balance of also not being so slow that it's dull. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, maybe it's just me, but we, I don't always get it right. <laughs> Sometimes it what? takes multiple attempts <laughs> to discover, you know, what's the right balance. And actually for this particular promo, I did two versions of it. Uh, one did substantially better than the other one. And then in the advertising, uh, you know, the ads that we put out there, you can see them on Market Watch or on whatever news sites you want, want to see. Uh, we multiple, of course, dozens of different versions of the ads and then emails also, which we're sending out, like I said, through affiliates and things, mm-hmm. uh, at least eight or nine different versions to, to see what works. So it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing experiment. And even over time, you see something that worked. You know, everybody's seen it now. And what's an idea is, striking and, and unique is this we found that after like uh it was something like eight months six six or eight months it started to slow down a lot and so we had had to refresh it with new uh ad copy the video kept working but the emails needed to be new because it seemed like I, we sent them out like i said a lot and they would perform the performance was so good uh that all of our partners we're sending them out a lot as well. So their audience, when their audience had seen it enough times, okay, I've seen that. Either I bought it or I didn't buy it, but I'm not going to go look at it again because I know that I've seen this. Copy and paste your way to 99.52% likelihood of, of success. I mean, it's pretty pretty unique. Uh, and anyway, so it's an ongoing process <laughs> to find the right balance. And what are the, what would you say are the sort of characteristics of the, uh, well, let's attack it in bits, of the emails that worked? You know, what were the characteristics? Obviously, you wrote them and they used them and then they got- You have those two campaigns. You said one of them was successful, the other one was less successful. You know, mm-hmm. what, what was the characteristics of that successful campaign? So we can maybe model that. No, it's really interesting. The main difference between the, the versions of, of the video were, is- like 90% of the changes, actually probably 100% of the changes are in the first two minutes of the video because it's absolutely critical that you, number one, capture the attention and make somebody decide, I'm going to sit here and at least listen for a little bit longer. And if you can't do that in the first 
you know, probably 30 seconds, they're, they're not, they're not going to forgive you and hang out longer. You got to grab them really quickly and let them know this is this, number one, this is for you. And is what, what you're expecting. Number two, this is different enough that, you know, you haven't heard it before. You're not, you don't know what I'm going to say. So you need to stick around and find out and satisfy the curiosity. And number three, it's got to be simple, simple enough that they know that they're going to be able to follow along. And number four, it has to be believable. Now, 99.52% success sounds unbelievable, but I'm going to prove it. <laughs> so if you stick at, stick around and I probably, it was probably eight or nine minutes into the video when I finally proved that point with the screenshots from JP Morgan. So we sunk that into the video a little bit because you got to stick around to see that. Uh, but the, but the, the difference was in the first two minutes, all of the, uh, all of the changes between the two were in the first two minutes in just, and one is more successful in getting the attention being believable, being unique, mm-hmm. and simple enough to to be understood. Okay, okay, that's what. Wow, okay. So it's about that, that you, all you're changing is that first two minutes. Do you, are, are you saying that the rest of it is identical? Yeah, and actually, the truth is, a lot. You'll see that a lot is in the financial publishing world. You can run the same video and run it until it seems like it's slowing down. And then you just change a headline or you change the first couple of minutes of the video. And then everything after the first minute, two minutes, three minutes can be identical. And it will revive that sales letter or that video because like I said, it puts people in a different frame of mind going into the rest of it. So even if they've seen it before, they're, they're looking at it differently now because you set it up differently. Like when your wife comes in, you know, your wife comes in the house and she says, you know, Honey, we got to talk. I, now, I, okay, what's, what's going on? What happened? You know, or she says, hey, baby, oh, you know, and she's, you know, just a different frame for that conversation. So the first two minutes are everything. And it happens, it actually happens a lot in our industry, probably in a lot of industries uh, where, you know, you can just change the headline mm-hmm. and get a totally different result or just change the lead and get a totally different result. And of course, what you can do, thanks to the magic of the internet, is you know, if you've got a video that's an hour long and you find that 95, I know this would, this would never happen, but just for exaggeration purposes, if you find that somebody gets, you know, 90 minutes into your two hour video, you can say, oh, great, the, the 90 minutes is really strong because everybody's getting through 90 minutes and then they all drop off. So let's keep that right. the same. But there's something happening at that 90 minute minutes, point. Yeah. That's where we need to pay attention and make that change. Right. So that's, yeah. and that's you really find really out very quickly. You're right. One of the things that I think a lot of people do not exactly wrong, but the, the problems they run into when they're putting together a launch promotion or something like this is there's all the different bits. So there's the, uh, the sales video and all of the emails and the emails that they're going to send out might be different to the emails they're going to get their affiliate partners to send out. And then there's the copy on the sales page and the ads and all the yeah. stuff that goes with you it. It sound like a lot of hard work there, Rob. It is a lot of hard work. <laughs> it's part of what you do. And I think what a lot of people do is they, is they sort of fly by the seat of their pants with it. So what they'll do is they'll start and they'll go, oh, um, it's Thursday. Uh, we need to send out three emails today. So um, let's, uh, ooh, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, right, this, oh, tell you what, let's talk about the, the launch ends tomorrow. So let's do something that's uh, urgency driven. Okay, great. Right. And then later on that day. And really the, the emails aren't particularly well ordered because unless they hire somebody like yourself, they're kind of going with it as it, as it flows. So when you sit down and start to map out a, a launch process like this, how do you start to plan out not exactly what's going to be in the copy, but what stuff you're going to need. So how do you plan out how many ads you're going to need and how many emails you're going to need and what emails should be sent and when? What does that planning process look like? Yeah, that's another great question. In, in many cases, or in most cases, we kind of base what we're going to do in, a, in the future or in the present 
on what we've done successfully in the past, or like you said before, what we've seen other people do successfully in the past. Fortunately, in financial publishing, we're almost all connected to each other from one business to the next. And you can ask. There's almost some, always somebody at the place you can ask. Say, how did that? How did that do? You may not be able to give me all the details, but you know, was that a success? Was that, you know, did you find that 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 was a stupid thing to do? And and we're pretty open because we kind of believe if you do better, it's better for all of us. <laughs> if you do terribly, you know, the the entire market in, in terms of financial publisher customers. You know, we all kind of struggle. So, if, so we all help each other out. It's, it's weird like that. We're competitors, but at the same time, we're, we're sharing all of our secrets with each other. Right. Um, but so we kind of base it on what we've done before. But for me, when I approach it, there's really four things that I want to accomplish. When sending, you know, you have a, a sequence that you, that's designed to drive people towards a, an, a launch event. Uh, and actually, I didn't, I didn't come up with the overall structure, but I, the way that we, I get into the different parts of it is, is kind of unique to me. But and it's, it's pretty popular. Now, there's what, what's called a hot list. So you take your, your you may be afraid of this, uh, your broad, your whole list, everybody mm-hmm. who's on your list, and you send out a very, uh, it's, it, it's a, an email designed to elicit a specific response from people who will be interested in, in, in this topic. Like it's so, like a um, low touch, some kind of interest engagement sort of indicator. Yeah. And it's most, it's like, Hey, do you want more information about, you know, buying sea turtles at, at the market? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. And, and the people eat will be yes or no. We almost always want everybody to say yes, but it's going to be distinct enough for people who are definitely not going to buy. They're not even going to bother signing up to, to see this event or hear this message or whatever. Uh, so you want to, you want to get people to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm interested in that. And when they do that, then you put them onto a, what's called a hot list and the hot list, you get to send targeted messages to those people about that topic with increasing intensity going into the event and everybody else you can ignore. They said they don't want it or they didn't say they do want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may continue to try to get them on the hot list. You make several attempts, how many attempts could you put in at that stage, Donnie? Like you say, your first one out to get that initial sort of interest and try and get them to indicate that there's something, raise their hand as they used to say it back in the old days. Yeah. Uh, how many emails do you think is, is an appropriate amount until you realize, shit, man, this guy's just not going to bother? <laughs> you know, it, I, I would say at least three, depending on how big your event's going to be. Sure. I would say at least three. You probably know for sure within five to seven. Okay. And um, what kind of, what kind of low commitment hand raising thing are we looking at here? What kind of offers, what kind of actions are we asking people to take in these emails? Okay. So really it's most of the time, except for a launch, you're going to say, Hey, we got a, a big announcement to make. We got a big an, an educational video that teaches you how to buy those sea turtles mm-hmm. uh, for 50% off at your local farm, local farmer's market. Even if you've never seen the turtles there before they're there, I'm going to tell you how to find them at half off. I'm loving uh, this analogy, Donnie. <laughs> I just came up with it extemporaneously. What That was not a smart <laughs> thing to do. But, but you know, you, but so it's like, there's going to be a video. You've got to see this video. Uh, 
Uh, so but it's a click through to a video. It's a click through to a piece of content. And is that piece of content gated? Like I've, I've heard people in the past say, even though they're already opted in, you want them to re-opt in because that takes a little bit more effort. Are you happy to go click, ungated content, bang on the page, and now we're ready to, now we've got that as a click. The, the, the initial click from the email is all the qualification that we require. Okay. So, so, you know, if you, if you, you can decide at any point, you don't care, of course, but we decide if you say, yes, I want to know about these sea turtles. Uh, I've clicked this email. Now you get into, but I probably won't show you the big video just yet. You're on the hot list. So you're on the big video to get the, the dedicated sales emails that will, will prepare you for the big video. <laughs> so I and might give you a short Each of video. these follow-up emails, the follow-up, the, the seven to nine emails going after that, how many of those are going to try and get them to click through that same piece of content, that same video, and just come up with a new angle, a new approach to it, describing that? And how, many, and how many of them are going to be sort of more like a different offer or a different piece of content? Probably, in, in most cases, the first few emails... Will will be mostly like really just to we want to in in like introduce you to the concept and give you some basic introduction and information or education about it and just enough to make you you feel like you're getting a little smarter but you're getting more curious hmm. about what the big event is going to be so but so I might not I might just have the one video it's going to be a short video and I'll send it to you. I might send you one, two, or three times. I might have three short videos. Or in the, you know, in the Jeff Walker style, you got like four different short emails. Uh, so it could be something like that. Uh, but the, you know, the, the big hour-long video is going to be at the end of the seven email sequence. So we, I probably will give you different, uh, different content every day. It's going to be one per day for a week or so. Uh, or yeah, in the last day, you probably get three emails. All right, okay. With okay. this different, particular different content, with this particular promotion, were you driving towards like obviously I know the campaign's been running for a long time and it's still working mm -hmm. now and that's great. But from a point of view of getting out there in the first place, did you drive it towards some sort of urgency or scarcity-driven closing point? Was it like you know this is going out there in the market now and if you buy it before X date, that's going to be you know this is what we're going to consider the big launch to be and therefore you will save money or get this extra stuff or a thing will happen? Or was it literally, we're going to start it now, we're going to run this, and then it's just going to perpetually perpetually run? Yeah. In, in this particular thing, it's it's really a much fewer touches. If there's an ad that takes you to the long video or an email that takes you to the long video, and then at the end of the video, you know, you've got a certain amount of time after having seen the video to, to get a discount on the price. Now, it's a front end, so I think... You know, it's 79 bucks, 79 bucks. So, you know, but if you buy it today, you get it for 39 bucks. Okay. Something like significant that. discounting. Okay. That's yeah. So the other big launch, like this is, this is when we launched this promo, but it's, it was a, it was a launch of the, of the promo, but the, but it's an ongoing perpetual thing, right? You, like I said, you could get the email today and it'll be this, you'll get the same sort of experience, different, slightly different copy, but you'll get the same sort of experience as you would have in last May. Really, really cool. 
Awesome. Well, we're going to jump over now and interrupt proceedings for our favourite game. So here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's mm. going to sing a song for you now, Donny. But he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that some of the words will be quite hard to understand. I've just put the song in front of him, so he's seeing it for the first time mm-hmm. now. And your job, Donny, and of course, dear listeners at, at least it's home. a famous one this time, Rob. <laughs> and not one I wrote myself. Uh, and uh, <laughs> listeners at home. Good luck with you this. Do one. that to somebody one day, you know. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's the bee's knees. Which <laughs> was the best part of the bees, by the way. Um, and your job, Donny, and of course, dear listeners at home, ruining me script now, uh, is to simply guess what song Kennedy has sung. So, when you're ready, take it away. Now that song has quite a famous dancey bit to it as well. I was doing it, but I know it's just audio I'm only. I'm interested to know if the folks in the office were able to... Anybody get it? Colin, developing, development corner? Yeah. Graceful? After the first Nothing. line, I thought that was going to go well, but it didn't. So, Donnie, any idea? Uh, well, I did a little dance on my own over here. I'm loving but I, style. <laughs> I have no clue <laughs> what that song was. That was actually the locomotion. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I think it sounded just like Kylie. Popularized by Kylie, written by Carol King. Yeah, that was yeah. the one. Okay, let's head over now into the quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, give us a book that you recommend. I think every marketer, every entrepreneur should, should read uh, Dan Kennedy's No BS Trust-Based Marketing. Have you read that? Actually, not the trust-based marketing one. I think I've read every other one. I've done the selling to the affluent. I've read yes. not trust-based marketing. The, the, the sales letter is really good. Love it. I need to get a hold of that. What was one, what's one of your top success habits? Something that you do regularly? For me, it is limiting my to-do list to three items at a maximum. If I have more than that, I'm not going to get anything done. If I can keep it to three, I'll get more than that done. Per year. <laughs> you know what? I might, I might have to use that one. <laughs> Be on the podcast. <laughs> um, can you give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to? I really like, well, there's a lot, but I wanted to mention Lamar Tyler, who is becoming a superstar uh, in, you know, in his niche, Lamar Tyler, his, mm-hmm. his business is called Traffic Sales and Profit, uh, and he's a brilliant guy. Okay. What's some of your favorite apps that you rely on, on a th- rely on and think others should know about? There's, there's this thing called a f- the phone. <laughs> what? Say it again. You can, Is that you that can thing that's attached to my camera that's in my pocket? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it allows you to talk to people. And, Imagine. What a concept. It's, to, you know, it sound, it's, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but actually I'm, I mean that. I, have, I really don't put many apps on my phone because it's just a distraction. And when it comes to business, you know, I'll, I don't really do anything. Uh, but I need the phone to, you know, when I'm talking to clients, that's how I close them is on the phone. Love that. Big important question. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? You know, if, if you're going to make me be impolite, which I think is what's happening here. It is exactly what's <laughs> happening here. 
Uh, that red hair is stunning. So I'm going to go with red hair, Rob. Why are you going to say shoddy? You are a man of distinguished taste. I thought you were going to say shoddy. Finally, tell us all, Donny, where can we go and find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, my website is uh, donny-bryant.com. So D-O-N-N-I-E hyphen B-R-Y-A-N-T.com. And I, I would recommend that you sign up for my newsletter. My email newsletter is just once a week because I don't put anything on my website anymore. I'm, mm. I'm too lazy for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do send emails to the list. That's where you get my freshest thought, thoughts and, and craziest rants. Amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love that. We'll put the links to all of that in the show notes. Link coming up in but a moment's time. Donnie, thank you so much for taking some time out to come and unpack this campaign with us. And we'll look forward to chatting to you really soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So just more ammunition to say that single one-off emails do nothing. It needs to be campaign driven. That's one of the things I know you and I are obsessed with. Like, why would you ever send out one email going, hey, go check this thing out or do that. Or what do you think of that? There needs to be a stack campaign, even with simple stuff like fill in this survey or give us your feedback or check out our new podcast, The Email Marketing Show. Subtle. Subtle. Thank you. But there needs to be multiple calls to action. People need multiple exposures to that offer. So we need to keep driving forward with multiple emails and put them into a campaign. So just driving that whole message home a bit more. You know, I'm loving that. Mm. Now, if you missed anything in this episode you'd like to check back, you can, of course, find all of the details over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 091. You can, you can do it right there. If you haven't already, make sure you do hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And while you're there, check out the email marketing show, our brand new podcast. I say brand new. We've been around a little while now. It's going swimmingly well. Every other episode, Rob and I do interview a guest, but the rest of the time, it's Rob and I hanging out, sharing with you everything we're learning and doing in our email marketing. So the email marketing show on your favorite podcast player and on YouTube for the behind the scenes footage and scandal. You lucky devils. Right, we'll see you next week. Don't miss a thing. thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.